Good afternoon, good afternoon, good afternoon. Well, thank you very much for joining me again. Oh, we are now on chapter 12 of Five on Kieran Island again. Our latest famous five adventure. Well, let's see what happens next. They've all gone and they've left poor old Timmy behind. <laughs> Which he didn't seem to mind, did he, to be fair. Anyway, chapter 12 is called The Old Map Again. So, here we go. It was only about half past one when they arrived back because they had had lunch so very early and had not stayed long on the island. Joanna was most surprised to see them. Well, here you are again, she said. I hope you don't all want another lunch because there's nothing in the house till I go to the shops. Oh no, Joanna, we've had our picnic lunch, said George's mother. And it was a good thing we packed so much because my husband ate nearly half the lunch. He still hasn't had that nice soup we made for him. Now it will be bad, of course. Oh, the men, they're as bad as children, said Joanna. Well, said George, do you really think any of us would let your soup go bad, Joanna? You know jolly well we'd probably eat it up before we ought to. Well, that's true. I wouldn't accuse any of you for, or Timmy either, of playing about with your food, said Joanna. You make good work of it, the lot of you. But where is Timmy? I left him behind to look after father, said George. Joanna stared at her in surprise. She knew how passionately fond of Timmy George was. You're a very good girl. Sometimes, she said. See now, if you're still hungry because your father has eaten most of your lunch, go and look in the biscuit tin. I made you some of your favourite ginger biscuits this morning. Go and find them. That was always Joanna's way. If she thought anyone was upset, she offered them her best and freshest food. George went off to find the biscuits. You're a kind soul, Joanna, said George's mother. I'm so thankful we left Timmy there. I feel happier about my husband now. What shall we do this afternoon, said Dick, when they'd finished munching the delicious ginger biscuits. Aren't these good? You know, I do think good cooks deserve some kind of decoration, just as much as good soldiers or scientists or writers. I should give Joanna the O-B-C-B-E. Whatever is that, said Julian. Order of the best cooks of the British Empire, said Dick, grinning. What did you think it was? Oh, be careful before eating. You really are an absolute idiot, said Julian. Now, what shall we do this afternoon? Go and explore the passage in the quarry, said George. Julian cocked an eye at the window. Mm, it's about to pour with rain, he said. I don't think that clambering up and down the steep side of that quarry in the wet would be very easy. No, we'll leave that till a fine day. I tell you what we'll do, said Anne suddenly. 
Do you remember that old map of Kieran Island Castle we found once in a box? It had plans of the castle in it, a plan of the dungeons and of the ground floor and of the top part. Well, let's have it out and study it. Now we know there is another hiding place somewhere, we might be able to trace it on that old map. It's sure to be somewhere on it, but somewhat perhaps we just didn't notice it before. The others looked at her thrilled. Now that really is a brilliant idea of yours, Anne, said Julian, and Anne glowed with pleasure at his pride as praise. A very fine idea indeed, just the thing for a wet afternoon. Where's the map? I suppose you've got it somewhere safe, George. Oh yes, said George, it's still in that old wooden box inside the tin lining. I'll get it. She disappeared upstairs and came down again with the map. It was made of thick parchment and was yellow with age. She laid it out on the table. The others bent over it, eager to look at it once more. Do you remember how frightfully excited we were when we first found the box? said Dick. Yes, and we couldn't open it, so we threw it out of the top window down to the ground below, hoping it would burst open, said George. <laughs> and the crash woke up Uncle Quentin, said Anne with a giggle, and he came out and got the box and wouldn't let us have it. Oh dear, yes, and poor Julian had to wait till Uncle Quentin was asleep and creep in and get the box to see what was in it, finished Dick, and we found this map, <gasps> and how we poured over it. Well, they all poured over it again. It was in three parts, as Anne had said. A plan of the dungeons, a plan of the ground floor and a plan of the top part. It's no good bothering about the top part of the castle, said Dick. It's all fallen down and ruined. There's practically none of it left except for that one tower. Hey, said Julian, suddenly putting his finger on a certain spot in the map. Do you remember there are two entrances to the dungeons? One that seemed to start somewhere about that little stone room and the other that started where we did at last find the entrance. Well, we never found the other entrance, did we? <gasps> no, we didn't, said George in excitement. She pushed Julian's finger away from the map. Look, there are steps shown here. Somewhere where that little room is, so there must be an entrance there. Here's the other flight of steps, the ones we did find near the well. I remember that we hunted pretty hard for the entrance in the little room, said Dick. We scraped away the weeds from every single stone and gave it up at last. And then we found the other, other entrance and forgot all about this one. And I think... Father has found the entrance we didn't find, said George triumphantly. It leads underground, obviously. Whether or not it joins up with the dungeons, we know I can't make out from this map. It's a bit blurred here, but it's quite plain that there is an entrance here with stone steps leading underground somewhere. Look, there's some sort of passage or tunnel marked leading from the steps goodness knows where it goes it's so smeared it joins up with the dungeons i expect said julian we never explored the whole of them you know they're so vast and weird if we explored the whole place we 
should probably come across the stone steps leading from somewhere near that little room. Still, they may be ruined or fallen in now. No, they can't be, said George. I'm perfectly sure that's the entrance Father has found. And I'll tell you something that seems to prove it too. What, said everyone? Well, do you remember the other day when we first went to see Father, said George? He didn't let us stay long and he came to see us off the boat. Well, we tried to see where he went, but we couldn't. But Dick said that he saw the jackdaws rising up in a flock as if they'd been suddenly disturbed. And he wondered if Father had gone somewhere in that direction. Julian whistled. Oh, yes, the jackdaws build in the tower, which is by the little room. And anyone going into the room would disturb them. I believe you're right, George. It's been puzzling me awfully where Uncle Quentin could be doing his work, said Dick. I simply could not solve the mystery. But now I think we have. <clears throat> I wonder how Father found his hiding place, said George thoughtfully. I still think it was mean of him not to tell me. Well, there must have been some reason, said Dick sensibly. Don't you start brooding again. I'm not, said George. I'm puzzled, that's all. I wish we could take the boat and go over to the island at once and explore. Yes, I bet we'd find the entrance all right now, said Dick. Your father is sure to have left some trace of where it is. A stone a bit cleaner than the rest or weed scraped off or something. Do you suppose... The unknown enemy on the island knows Uncle Quentin's hiding place, said Anne suddenly. Oh, I do hope he doesn't. He could so easily shut him in if he did. Well, he hasn't gone there to shut Uncle up. He's gone there to steal his secret or find it out, said Julian. Oh, golly, I'm thankful he's got Timmy. Timmy could tackle a dozen enemies. Not if they had guns, said George in a small voice. There was a silence. It was not a nice thought to think of Timmy at the wrong end of a gun. This had happened once or twice before in their adventures and they didn't want to think of it happening again. Well, it's no good thinking silly things like that, said Dick, getting up. We've had a jolly interesting half hour. I think we've solved that mystery, but I suppose we shan't know for certain till your father's finished his experiment, George, and left the island. Then we can go over and have a good snoop around. It's still raining, said Anne, looking out of the window, but it's a bit clearer. It looks as if the sun will be out soon. Let's go for a walk. I shall go up to the Coast Guard's cottage, said George at once. I want to look through his telescope to see if I can just get a glimpse of Timmy. Try the binoculars, suggested Julian. Just go up to the top of the house with them. Oh, yes, I will, said George. Thanks for the idea. She fetched the binoculars where they hung in the hall and took them out of their leather case. She ran upstairs with them, but she soon came down again, looking disappointed. Oh, the house isn't high enough for me to see much of the island properly. I can see the glass top of the tower easily, of course but the telescope would show it much better. It's more powerful. 
I think I'll go up and have a squint. You don't need to come if you don't want to. She put the binoculars back into their case. Oh, we'll all come and have a squint for old Timmy Dog, said Dick, getting up. And I don't mind telling you what we'll see. What? said George in surprise. We'll see. Timmy having a perfectly wonderful time chasing every single rabbit on the island, said Dick with a grin. Oh, my word, you needn't worry about Timmy not having his food regularly. He'll have rabbit for breakfast, rabbit for dinner, rabbit for tea and rainwater from his favourite pool. Not a bad life for old Timmy. <gasps> you know perfectly well he'll do nothing of the sort, said George. He'll keep close to father and not think of rabbits once. Ha! You don't know Timmy if you think that, said Dick, dodging out of George's way. She was turning red with exasperation. I bet that's why he wanted to stay. Just for the rabbits. George threw a book at him. It crashed to the floor and giggled. Oh, stop it, you two. We'll never get out. Come on, Jew, we won't wait for the squabblers. <laughs> I reckon that might have had a big, big thing to do with why Timmy wanted to stay. Because there was no George to shout at him for chasing rabbits. Um, those poor rabbits won't have a moment's peace while he's there. Poor, poor things. They won't be quite so tame when he leaves, I don't think. <laughs> what do you think? Oh, my goodness me. So, do you think they'll see Timmy chasing rabbits or doing something different when they go and look through the um, but uh, the telescope? Because the telescope's always a bit more powerful than binoculars. Well, maybe tomorrow we'll find out. <laughs> Come and join me again tomorrow and we will read chapter 13. Ooh, into the teens. So, make sure that you have a great day and take care and stay safe. And I will see you all again tomorrow. Bye for now.